Welcome to the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast by mentalmastery.com.au, the show dedicated to fun mental performance strategies for your golf game. Join mental performance coach Jamie Glazier and co-host Ross Flanagan as they discuss how to manage your mind in one of the craziest sports there is. Okay, welcome back to the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast. Uh, my name's Ross, your co-host, and joined today up there in the Gold Coast, as always, by Jamie Glazier. Jamie, how are you? Ross gave very well, thank you. Um, just Groundhog Day up here, just another nice sunny day on the Gold Coast, and uh, although we've had a couple of floods the last few weeks since we chatted, mate, so um, I've survived, and uh, no, but uh, looking forward to getting down to Melbourne in uh, just over a week and a half uh, to visit family, so it should be good. Okay, so visiting back to Melbourne, any chance for any golf, any any of that sort of stuff going to happen? Hopefully I might get one round in if I'm lucky, but uh, it's a pretty quick, short trip, three days, um, visit the family and uh, catch up with my dad a few times, so there may be a chance I may not get to hit a ball, but uh, fingers crossed. It's not really, I was going to say, it's your your off-season. It's, it's our guest today's off-season or pre-season. He's been to pre-season uh, and we'll introduce our guest today in a minute. Uh, it's not really off-season. There's no off-season for you. You've got Herbie probably doing some training down in Bendigo. Where, where's Herbie back home now? Herbie's back home in Bendigo. So I had a Zoom with him this morning and then, uh, yeah, it's pretty much, you know, a lot of my clients, that they're competing at the moment, like in Australia. So, the Australian clientele ramp up in the US. They sort of got a little bit of a break, but um, saying that, you know, they kick off pretty early in the new year, so they're still training. Um, so, yeah, so uh, today uh, I think is going to be my last day. Um, and then I'm switching off, so which would be nice for about 10 days. Right. Well, it's not the last day for me because uh, I've got uh, a couple of um, mental mastery clubhouse courses to put together so uh i am i am nose to the grind wheel uh and our guest today he's he's nose to the grind wheel too in the in the gym in pre-season now not a, not i'm not going to say not a golfer because i have seen harry Mackay, last year's coleman medal winner in the afl i have seen him play golf i have seen him hit a golf ball so i'm not going to say not a golfer but not not a golfer as in the golfing sense that we, we'd usually talk to but a lot of stuff that we talk to elite sportsmen, elite athletes about translates into golf. And that's why Harry Mackay, welcome to the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast. How are you? Oh, good. Thanks, Roscoe. Not a golfer yet, I reckon. Um, maybe right. down the track, but it's fair to say I'm not a golfer at the moment. I'm, um, yeah, I'm getting there though. I reckon potentially I need to have, I need to get out and play a bit more, but um, yeah, I'd say we can we can go with the football for now. <laughs> no, oh, that's that, that's why I said I've seen you play golf, so we, we, you are a golfer. But um, yeah. you know, there's always always room to uh, embrace you into the fully fledged you know golfing community down there. With you. we're talking about Sam Doherty, uh, your good teammate, great friend of the podcast, great friend of ours, uh, form, you know, not former but golfing partner of Jamie myself. So um, you know, we we love to embrace you and welcome you into the into the golf group, mate. There are no problems there. Yeah, well, I'll we'll, uh, see how we go in the new year, I reckon, Roscoe. And we might have... The big, the big question, Roscoe, is um, if I had 100 bucks on either you or Ben on the golf course, um, who who should I put it on? Gee, your money's not safe, by the way, Jamie. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, it'd be close. We have, we have a little bit 
we play a tiny bit. Like when we play, we kind of play with family or our old man likes it. And um, we play with our grandpa every now and then as well. Yeah, it's it's any given day at the moment, but um, I'd, I'd always back myself in there. So oh, I love that answer. I love that yeah. answer. Well, Jamie, I'm I'm somewhat qualified to give a uh, an opinion on that. You know, having seen both uh, Ben and Harry play golf in the same environment in the golf shop uh, in the simulators, uh, they're twins. And I uh, said when we talked to Ben, you know, the most twin twin like looking twins I've ever seen. You know, and I've got several sets of twins in my own family. Um, they're pretty much twins in golf as well. Really yeah. nice. So, so it might be each way bet on the hundred, but anyway. Um, Harry, how are you, buddy? You well? So enough of the, the chat. Let's get down to talking about you. Yeah, I'm going really well. Thanks, mate. Um, yeah, just stay off today. And then we finish tomorrow for our last day of training. So then we get a little bit of time off over, over Christmas, which is nice. So, um, yeah, it's a um, nice day in Melbourne, similar to uh, Jamie and Gold Coast. So can't complain, mate. Going well. Now, I said you were, you know, nose to the grind wheel. A lot of... You know, time when I'm in the company of guys like yourselves and, you know, some people who might be fans of football or fans of the club, you know, get bump into us at the golf club, you know, Sam or whatever. Uh, they want to know how the preseason's going, you know, how much work you're doing. And, you know, from what I know, you know, you, you, the, the big bulk load of work really does happen in preseason. What, what's your preseason been looking like so far? Yeah, you're spot on, Roscoe. It's, um, it's probably changed a little bit. It's kind of when we finish to, Kind of when you're due back at the club, it's it's 14, 15 weeks now, which is quite a long time. Um, yeah, it is your, I guess your your off period or your um, your off season. But um, I guess there's an expectation, or um, I guess high performing athletes um, look at that as an opportunity to really get some good work in. And um, I guess you got 14, 15 weeks to really get better at, a, at an aspect of your game or um, physically, mentally, whatever it is. So I think one of the days of where you, know, you don't have to train um, and you kind of get 15 or 10, 15 weeks off. It's really now an opportunity to, to set yourself up for 2022. So um, probably the bulk of the work happens between, yeah, October when you're off and, and then now into Christmas. So um, we've been back about a month officially at the club and, and training has been really solid. And um, there's been a new coaching group, a new senior coach, a lot of new staff. So uh, everything's been really different, but um, it's been really nice actually to, really refreshing to a degree. Um, but training's been really solid. We, we just got back from a camp last week in the Grampians. Um, so there's been a lot happening, but everyone's really fit at the moment and um, yeah, definitely a lot of hard work this time of year, which is good. 47 kilometre hike or something like that, Sammy was talking about? Some ridiculous yeah. distance? Yeah, was most most guys are between 40 and 45. Was, we're split off into different groups. So I think the group that did 46k has got a bit lost because um, you have to kind of find different checkpoints across the across the Grampians. So I think they might have got lost a little bit. But yeah, it was definitely um, a big day on legs. And um, the second day was was um, yeah, kind of a lot of bike riding. Um, we did abseiling. Um, what else did we do? Some canoeing, hiking again. So it was yeah, there were some big days. But um, yeah, been out there, kind of stripped everything back. No phones, just spend a lot of time together and um, yeah, it was actually, it was great. I really enjoyed it. Is the focus on that type of camp and you, you hear that in sporting high performance sporting teams, you know, going on camps, is it fitness or team bonding or leadership or a bit of everything? Yeah, I think it's a bit of everything. You, um, I guess with everything, the hard work, I think bonding over hard work is something that's really great. Like doing 45 Ks together up a hill um, for a couple of days. Yeah. It's a shared experience and you're working hard together. And um, I think that's something that's really important. So there's obviously 
that element to it, but it's also spending time together, sitting around the campfire, um, talking a bit of rubbish. Um, I think it's kind of little bits of everything. So I think that was, it was really great, um, our camp to be able to do that, but it's probably changed a little bit from the, you know, the, the military kind of style camps where you just, you get flogged for three or four days and you don't get food wherever it is, but um, there's always going to be an element of hard work with it, I think. Jamie, last question for me, and I'll, I'll let you um, take over and talk to uh, Harry about some of the work that you do with uh, him. So this is a time when a lot of the draft guys come in. You know, you're, you've been at the club now, what, six years, five years, five years? Six years, completely. six years, six years. So, you know, fairly well entrenched in the culture and the environment. And you've seen a number of changes. You've probably had maybe three coaches in that time and different leadership groups and, and all that, but there's the big nucleus of the team stayed the same, but you see a lot of the new guys as someone who's been in the system six years and been at the club for six years. What is it like when you bring, when the new guys come in, you know, like young, fresh faced kids, they've been, highly skilled at footy but you know they come into that environment in that professional sport what what what's your role and and what do you see what do you notice from when you did it and and now when you are you know one of the guys that they look up to as last year's Coleman medal winner of course yeah it's always interesting Roscoe um I guess over the years it is always really interesting and intriguing to kind of see the new guys come in and um the different personalities that, that come through and um observing I guess how they go about their business and how it's probably again changed over six years I guess um, it was pretty good when I got there to be fair but uh, it was kind of shifting from the you really got to earn your stripes kind of we're not going to really not not talk to you but you know you got to you got to prove to us that you you belong before we give you a bit to really kind of the opposite now where um, everyone's great when you walk in um, there's a such a big emphasis on making them feel safe and that they belong um, and help them out as much as possible. So, yeah, I think um, the whole AFL system has probably shifted towards that, and it's a really good thing, I reckon, because, um, yeah, when you're new, starting an environment, obviously there's going to be a bit of anxiety and um, you're sceptical about a few things. So, um, yeah, being able to um, accept those guys for who they are and make, make them feel really comfortable as soon as possible um, is really important. So I guess as, yeah, someone who's a little bit older now, just to help them out, even little things, just, I mean, when you walk in the door, there's so much going on, like the schedule, um, staff members, you don't know any of it. So just um, just help them out with little things can often um, really help settle them. And um, yeah, I guess it's, it's quite enjoyable to see these young guys come through and um, you see how much they grow as not just a footballer, but a person as well. Uh, I will ask one more question, sorry, Jamie. Um, for, and this one's probably... For all the Carlton fans, you know, how, how are the boys looking? How's the team shaping up? You know, how's, uh, how's Big Cripper? How's, how we talked about Doherty, uh, Sammy, you know, well, Sammy's looking great. Saw Sammy the other day. Um, how's everyone going? Yeah, I feel like every, you always say this time of year, everybody's flying, but um, <laughs> it actually is the case. Everybody came back in really great condition. As I mentioned earlier, we're about yeah, four or five weeks into, into pre-season training. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been great. There's, there's been a lot of change at the football club. And with that, um, it brings a whole, I guess, um, variety of new things. But, um, yeah, the one thing that we've done really well is, is trained and um, the guys are in really good condition. Um, it's obviously a bit hard to tell in December what next year is going to look like. But um, so far, it's been really great. And uh, as I said, everyone's in, in really good condition. And 
um, yeah, actually, I can't wait to see um, how that translates into performance on field, but it's been a really good block so far. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, good Well, good luck from a footy sense. Good luck for the rest of the preseason. Good luck going into next year. Uh, you know, I'm a Blues man, so uh, I'm right behind you. Thank you, man. Thanks, Roscoe. No worries. Love it. Um, yeah, H, obviously I had um, a bit of a working relationship with your brother for a couple of years and um, I got a call from you earlier this year just to, to sort of have a chat about a few things. Um, as you said, sixth season in the league um, had started to really, you know, I suppose put your name out there as, as one of the real key forwards in the, in the competition. Um, take us back to the start of the year and, and it was the start of the year, possibly or late last year, where you gave me a call and just wanted to have a bit of a chat about things. What was the, the driver for that, um, for that phone call? Yeah, so um, as you mentioned, you'd worked with Ben um, first or in the past. And I remember Ben briefly mentioned it maybe when he, when he first started working with you that he started working with Sports Psych and he was really enjoying it and all the rest. And um, I guess I just made a note of that. And um, then I guess 2020, um, we're in the hub and uh, I was playing some right football, but I, I was missing a lot of goals. And I specifically remember we played um, Giants and um, I had like a not a bad game in terms of plenty of opportunities and marks and whatnot, but it was probably the third or fourth week in a row where I kicked one got four, one got five, and I was just sick of it. I remember it was late at night, I was sitting in my hotel room um, and I just messaged Ben saying, just um, can you pass on the information to this, from the sports cycle you've been seeing? Because I just, I really need to nut this out because I'm just sick of missing and I'm sick of letting the team down and I'm sick of not getting the best out of myself from that perspective and it was only a couple of games left until the uh, until the season was done and I was kind of looking towards the off season as that was like a really big focus so um Ben was good enough to pass on in, uh, your number Jamie and um that was kind of where it all started I guess for for me and then um yeah it was that off season where I remember I gave you a call and um I'm glad I did and um we kind of started from there but yeah that was it was probably through Ben that he mentioned he'd done some work with you and really enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, after after probably a season of a couple of seasons of probably not um, getting the best out of myself from a scoreboard point of view, was I uh, felt like, um, yeah, I wanted to look at the mental side of things with goal kicking um, more specifically to start with. And then, um, yeah, we moved on from there. But that's I guess that's how it started. And, um, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's it, I think. Yeah, it's um, you know, interesting to, you know, for a lot of listeners, obviously the majority of our listeners are going to be golf specific and to think of AFL football and golf, they're not two sports you really think have a lot in common. Um, but for years I've always sort of thought there are quite a bit of similarities between set shot kicks for goal and, you know, and golf and putting and, and things like that. So it was I was really interested to unpack some of the, I suppose some of the patterns that you're experiencing that were maybe interrupting your performance and and to see what elements I had experienced with with athletes and, and how it transferred and translated to your performance. And it was really interesting when we started to unpack, you know, a little bit of, of, of your approach with kicking and, you know, we might call it that fairly rigid, um, you know, elite athletes and, and high performers like yourself always have a fairly high expectation of self and, and have an element of perfectionism. And that's what makes you so great at what you do. I just felt there was a little bit of rigidity and, and not as much flexibility or freedom. And, you know, we threw around a couple of different 
footballers. Uh, you know, Buddy Franklin was one that I, I know we spoke about how much flexibility he's got when he kicks. He's not rigid or he, you know, he, he hooks the, the kicks and shapes the kicks and he's just such a feel orientated, um, you know, athlete. Um, so take, take us back a little bit about that conversation and, and what that sort of, I'll call it that flexibility model, um, what that did for you and, and, and how you were able to implement that uh, throughout the off season, but then also, you know, early in the season this year. Yeah, so I remember very early on, we spoke about, I guess, the left side and the right side of the brain. And um, I think if I remember, the, the right side is like the more flexible and um, things are more on instinct and you just, you just do it. And I know we spoke about field kicking and even snapping the ball. Everything felt pretty pretty free. It was really fun. It was made up. It was, And that's when I felt like I was kicking my best and then talked about set shot goal kicking more left side everything is very kind of rigid stiff um straight kind of um so i think that was the, that was the beginning of um exploring probably more right side stuff and then i remember you said to me um when you go into a game do you do you expect to kick perfectly like not miss at all and i said yeah obviously like i'm i would pre-game i'd i'd be thinking that I, I i shouldn't miss at all i shouldn't make any mistakes and then he said, um, you know, how often have you ever had a game where you, you haven't made a mistake or haven't missed a kick or, or whatnot? And, um, yeah, it got me really thinking. And then, then we went down, and something I still use today and a lot of things, but we went down like kind of the 80-20 path. So, um, obviously, you want to, you want to be 80% 80 successful in, in what you do and do 80% of the stuff right, but giving yourself 20% um, room for, for error and um, when you stuff up, it, it's okay. So... That was kind of the, I guess, the foundation of the, the building of that. And I'm sure we'll probably get into a bit later, but I think the biggest thing for me over the last 12 months is just being okay with failing um, and in anything, just accepting it. And um, yeah, you talk about being high performance athletes, being perfectionists and wanting everything to go perfectly. And that's just the reality is that that just doesn't happen. So um, yeah, I think it's been a really big growth for myself personally over the last 12 months. And um, by no means was I perfect this year. I, I remember I probably missed more than I, than I wanted to, but definitely at times where in the past I would have kept on going down the the hill, I definitely kind of, I guess, worked my way back up it because um, to a degree I was okay with, with missing and, um, yeah, let me put some stuff in around that, but that was probably the, the basis of change, I reckon, Jamie. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, and, you know, the podcast listeners will know a lot about that allowing yourself the freedom to fail and and you, you know, we created that 80-20 model just to help you to understand that, you know, if you fail 20%, that's okay. And um, it certainly allowed you to just create that little bit of a more of a softening approach to your performance and not have to be such a perfectionist out there on the, on the field because under, you know, high competitive pressure, um, that rigidity can often get in the way of performance. And, you know, it was... It was pretty easy. Um, it was pretty cool for me to see how you were able to commit to some of the training drills that we we implemented in the off season in preparation for game day, and um, and then just watching you be able to, you know, I know any time was on the right side of the field, you'd almost, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd try and snap one in there, and uh, um, even from the left side, you'd almost try and sort of kick a mini banana um, and just just be creative and let your instincts drive 
your performance. Um, so, you know, for me, that was, that was really cool. I remember one, one discussion we had around, it was in the early part of the season, um, it was around the most goals you've kicked in a game before. I don't know if you can recall that conversation. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. So, what happened? What happened in that game? Um, what What was the the discussion around? You know, your the goals that you kicked and, and that sort of stuff. Take us back to that sort of moment. Yeah, so um, it was after it was after round two against Collingwood, um, and so the most I'd kicked in the game was four. I kicked it quite a few times, but I always kind of had like a a mental barrier of getting past that potentially and then uh, against Collingwood I was I'd kick four um you know it was in the, in the third quarter and um everything was feeling really good and then um I actually didn't get another shot on goal that that day but um I remember thinking that if I did I'd be a bit more nervous or would, would be worried about the outcome more because that would be getting to five I never kicked five before and um yeah, so that was kind of the basis of the conversation that we, we talked about. And um, yeah, I'm sure we're going to it. But the, the week after we had it, we had a chat. And I remember it, it's similar again. It's more it's more the the fear of failing and um, it's been okay to miss that shot. But um, yeah, put it we put a few little things around it. But I think the number one thing that I took away and then implemented was um, I guess it's okay to fail, but then also I would just tell myself, sorry, I'll I'll get another shot. So I just automatically took away the the importance of that kick by just thinking, well, if I don't kick this, I'm going to get another shot. I'm going to get another two shots on goal. And then automatically that kind of, for me, just gave, gave me freedom again. Um, and then the week after I, I kicked seven, 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 I should have had a bloody big day, Jamie, but I missed a few stuff. But um, yeah, I think that was, and then kind of getting past that barrier was, was great. But I remember in the moment after I kicked four in the first half, I think, and then, I remember my first shot to, to kick the file. I missed it. And then, but straight away, I was thinking, sorry, I'll get more. I'll get another opportunity and it's okay. And then I had probably another six or seven shots of the day and, and kicked another three or four. And it was, um, yeah, it was a really, it was a good moment to see some growth from even just a conversation the week earlier. So, um, and that had definitely carried on throughout the, throughout the year. And um, even thinking about next year, potentially, uh, I'm sure hopefully I'll get moments like that again, where, yeah, the, the things I've learned in the last 12 months um, will probably hold me in good stead, but it was really good. It was it was great how um, we talked about it the week before and then an opportunity kind of arose seven days later. So it was um, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, for, for, for most of us golfers, we have that scoring comfort zone. You know, we get to a certain score and around a golf and that's when we start to get a bit uncomfortable and it was a, a pretty similar process for you. Once you kick those four, it's like, okay, now I'm a bit, you know, I tighten up a bit and... Um, yeah, once we put that that little bit of a, you know, that building block structure of, okay, well, you know, the next goal is, I remember asking you how many goals do you think you could kick in a game? And you said probably like, I, I think eight for sure. So, you know, we worked we worked our way, you know, okay, the rest of the season, let's try and see if we can get five, six, seven, and let's see if we can get to eight. And just that flexibility model, uh, you know, again, with that allowing yourself that freedom to fail, um, yeah, really helped to... Um, to just you know free you up and 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 give yourself the best opportunity to to kick the goals as you said seven seven you could have had you know you could have had a massive haul that day but you know the, the just that freedom and that 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 flexibility really helps you to just you know take advantage of some of these days and 
you know, even that day, it was, you know, the best scoring uh, game you've ever had, but it's far from perfect. Yeah. yeah I remember, um, also thinking, instead of getting caught up on the seven, I miss being kind of acknowledging the growth um, that I'd to actually kick seven. Um, instead of, yeah, focusing on the ones I missed, I, I remember I was pretty, pretty cautious to make sure I, within myself, um, acknowledged that it was, it was good growth. Harry, when you, you uncovered this, you know, more flexible and approach that allowed you know, a mistake to happen, you know, maybe in that day you kicked seven where you missed the first one. If you went back to years previous and you missed the first one, and I'm thinking about this, sort of aligning it to a golfer's thing on the first green, you know, did that affect you when you missed the first goal previously? Would that play on you? Would that affect your performance for the rest of the day, you, you think? Would you be dwelling on, oh, I've missed the first one, now now I've got to make it up or something like that? Yeah, potentially. I, I think I'd always, you know, think advice first. If I kick the first one, I, if I kick my first one, I'd be like, all right, I'm on today, or I'm, I'm feeling good. But if I miss, miss the first one, I'd be like, oh. I, I'd always think that that's an opportunity to go and beg in and kind of would, would nearly think about that still what it's already been. So instead of staying in the moment, kind of dwelling on that one, what could have been, oh, I could have started really well. I might have had one or two by now. Um, so yeah, I think it definitely took my mindset back to the past instead of staying in the moment when I, if I've missed early, yeah. But Damon, I was just thinking like with golfers, you know, how many do you speak to that, you know, miss the first putt for a birdie on the first hole and then automatically or whatever they miss on the first hole and they automatically just trigger into Oh no, that's set the momentum for the rest of the day, and yeah. it's the it's the wrong way. But you know, having that flexible approach and like you have now, um, just allows you to platform into rebounding and just getting back on with the job. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's um it's really important, and whatever sport you're doing, football, golf, work, whatever, your ability to I guess stay in the moment and, and not dwell on what's happened too much and just stay stay in the present um, is really important. Yeah, I think you know it was a. Obviously, a really cool season this season. Um, you won your first Coleman medal, which is a, a, a great award and a, and a very prestigious award for AFL. You know, it's one of the most prestigious awards throughout the year, um, personal awards anyway. And, uh, you know, I know throughout that season, um, you know, having a great season, doing well, leading the Coleman and starting to get towards the pointy end of the season. And, um, you know, we, we set it as a, as a, as a goal um, earlier in the year and, and it wasn't a goal to achieve it this year, but again, being flexible, we, we, we gave you a few years to see if we can tick off a Coleman medal and, and all that sort of stuff. And talk to me about as the season sort of got closer to ending. And I know you had an injury, didn't play. That was it the last two or three games you didn't play. Yeah. Last two games. Yeah last two games so but even a few games prior to that um were you blocking out and avoiding the thought of Coleman or were you allowing that thought in and then just dealing with that thought and then just focusing on what things you could control each and every week yeah it's a good question and um it was definitely something we we talked about I think I was pretty good at it because it it sounds a bit silly but because I think I was leading for the majority of the year I spent definitely the second half of the year it was kind of um, I guess it kind of sat comfortably with me because it wasn't such a big because I'd had it for say ten weeks or so. It wasn't the you know I think I'd learned to live with it a little bit, um, and I was pretty comfortable where I sat with it, and um, I wasn't thinking about it too much. And yeah, and then I remember it's more. It was more for me. I was because I'm very. I don't, I don't think I dwell too much in in the past or whatnot, and not too I guess award focused or whatever. I was more just kind of about getting better and what's next kind of thing. Um, 
it, it was probably more people around and I guess people in the football club and supporters you bumped into and social media and whatever it was like it was just a lot of I guess noise around it and um, I remember we had a chat about um, so I, remember I said yeah I think I'm doing it pretty well but just um, maybe a little bit of help around do I should I block it out or should I step into it a little bit or um, and I remember saying I don't actually it's not the biggest thing in the world I, it's not going to change who I am if, if it happens or it doesn't happen um, and then I remember we, we, we spoke about actually I guess allowing yourself just a little bit of time, even if it's five minutes a week or whatever it is, um, just to allow yourself to actually step into, oh, yeah, that'll be pretty cool if it happens. You, know, you, you want it to be kind of a, a, a good forward in the league and, um, yeah, that would be great. And, yep, that's awesome if it happens. And then um, kind of bringing it back to what you can control and, and focusing on that. So, yeah, I think your advice on um, actually allowing yourself, because if you completely – don't let yourself think about it, then it's probably actually detrimental as well. So um, there's definitely a balance with it. And uh, I think we did it pretty well in the end. And it was actually, I was, as you said, I was injured for the last two weeks. So it was out of my control anyway. So um, which to a degree was probably, it's not the worst thing. Cause you know, I was, I was, I mean, we said whether I win the Coleman or if I don't or make all Australian, I don't, I was pretty content with the growth that I'd had individually that year and um, whatever happened, happened. But, whether you had a medal or not, um, the, the progress I think I'd made as a person, as a player, was 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 um, I was content with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And I know you know you you put the All Australian and the Coleman, um, and it's it's a you know a really solid year. But I think the thing that I love about working with you boys is that that real that growth mindset, that focus on just developing and getting better and. Um, I know back years ago when I, um, I did some work at St. Paul's College, they've got an elite sports program, the school that you and Ben went to, and um, the, the head of the sports department, Scott Armour, was very big on growth mindset, and he was sort of already delivering a lot of the growth mindset concepts into the program, and, and you know, working with you boys, it, um, it really, you know, shows me again Although outcomes hugely important in elite sport, um, you know, really engaging and, and, and diving into the, the process and the, the personal growth and development that makes you the best uh, version of yourself. Um, you know, you boys both do it unbelievably. And, um, you know, I know uh, that plays a big part in, in, in why you, you know, why you both are, are so successful in the game and, and are only in the middle, um, if not even the beginning of your journey in the AFL. So it's, um, yeah, really exciting to uh, exciting to see. Um, Harry, I was going to say, did do yeah. sorry to interrupt, Jamie. Did did this new focus help you in other parts of your game? Like, I'm not the biggest studier of stats on uh, for footy players, but you know, it seemed to me like other areas of your game rose as well. Yeah, um, I think definitely, I felt more, I guess holistic or complete and a lot of um yeah areas especially i guess especially craft and i guess marking um yeah i think as i speak of jamie it was when i first started working i guess on the mental side of things it was more about um specifically goal kicking and kind of working on that area um kind of by itself but um yeah it kind of moved more towards holistic performance and um i think we really spoke about, um, as I said before, like staying in the moment and knowing that um, the game's not going to be perfect and you're going to have 
going to have quarters, games, even weeks where it's you're not going to be perfect, you're not going to be amazing. But um, I think, yeah, the ability to prepare really well and, and have a plan and have a process in place um, helped my game holistically, yeah, definitely. And um, I guess the learning about that, that side of things and the mental side of things, um, uh, I guess, allow me to improve um, not just goal kicking, but, um, yeah, holistic performance, yeah. Yeah, it's just interesting for me to have a, a glance across those you know, metrics there and see, you know, I think you doubled your, your goal tally for the year. and But a lot of the other uh, metrics that they put on, you know, some of the stuff you can find online were incre- improved as well, increased as well. Um, yeah, it was just interesting to see that. Yeah. I think one of the um, the things that I loved the most was um, watching H throughout the season. You know, he would uh, he would be on the wings and, you know, he's got that creativity and he's, he's, he's um, snapping the shots, uh, he's set, you know, in the bananas. And when he was sort of in front of goal early in the season, there was still that little bit of left brain functioning, still a little bit of that rigidity. Um, and then just after halfway through the season, you could actually start to, or I could see anyway, because obviously that's what I'm, uh, I'm looking for. I could start to see some of that right brain functioning start to come over and he's set shot goals directly in front where he's, Kicking a, a really straight, um, a straight set shot. He's calmer, more relaxed. He's he's more athletic. There's more feel in the kick. There's not as much stiffness and rigidity. And you know, that was always going to take that little bit of time to transfer into some of those more uh, straighter type of situations because you don't have as much room to be creative when you're directly out in front, 35 meters from goal. Um, but to see you start to tap into that right brain and still be feel orientated while kicking the ball straight was, was, was really good to see. And um, yeah, so it was, uh, it was great to see you build on, on that. Um, now I know after the season, we had a little bit of a chat uh, about preparing for, for next season. Um, and I asked you, you know, what, what did you do to just take a moment, absorb the season, be grateful for what you've achieved um, pat yourself on the back and take a moment to just acknowledge the growth and the great season that you had. Can you remember that conversation and what your response was? Yeah, I do. It was, um, it was actually a fascinating conversation. Um, I think it, it started with, we were talking about um, what the last couple of months have been and how it was um, after the year and whatnot. And um, yeah, you asked me um, that question, I guess, how... I acknowledge that and um, we probably, we surf it back to that after kind of talking about a little bit of frustration about how um, people that you'd run into would always, would, I guess, congratulate you about the year that had gone. And in my mind, I'd already moved on to 2022 and um, you're probably a little bit, you're asking me, um, you know, like, why are you doing that? Like, why have you like been able to, accept that year and have you um, kind of acknowledged for yourself your growth and I guess thinking back I said yeah I remember the night that it was all over I just I was I just had shoulder surgery so I was just sitting on the couch on my own I just had a glass of red wine and I went outside and just sat outside for um, half an hour and kind of just thought to myself um, it's been a pretty good 12 months in terms of my growth and um, yeah it was only it was only 25 minutes half an hour and then I was kind of thinking about all right now I've got to get my shoulder right and do the next thing but um yeah that kind of within myself accepting that yeah it'd been it'd been a good um 12 months and i had some growth um 
and then then I'd park that year and then I was I was on to the next one so and then we spoke about it yeah as I said a little bit of frustration because I'd moved on in my own mind that people would always um like obviously completely understandable but um congratulate on the year that had been and bringing it back to something that's already been where I was in my mind very much focused on bigger and better things so um it was a very it was actually a really great conversation I'm glad we had that because um yeah there was a little bit of frustration with it yeah I mean it's again Roscoe it just helps to for me I am so lucky in the job that I do but it helps us to get an understanding of why elite athletes are elite athletes and why we are not. Yeah. You know, like the, the basically the second the season's over, H has just had shoulder surgery. So he's already thinking about rehab recovery about next season. It's like, I've done great. Yep. Good. Now move on to bigger and better things. And they, they just are able to completely detach themselves from the good and the bad. Um, and just allow them to just focus on how can I get better and how can I develop my skill set. Now, the frustration was around people always trying to bring him back to mm. it was a great memory, but to, to elite athletes, if you're going back there, you, you're not progressing, you're not focusing on the future, you're not focusing on what, what can I do to get better. I'm always being dragged back. And um, but it was a very, you know, it was a, it was a, a conversation around. When people are, you know, coming in and stepping in and patting you on the back and saying, congrats, you've got an opportunity here to continue to deposit money in the, in the bank of confidence and, you know, just continue to, to, you know, I suppose, build up that cognitive memory bank of, hey, you had a great year. And yes, you're, you're, you're planning on having an even greater year in the next couple of seasons. But if there is an opportunity to continue to add value, then, then allow those people to sort of help do that. But um, but yeah, it's just a really interesting conversation around, um, you know, expectations as well. Again, that's why these athletes are as good as what they are. Um, and we know there's a fine line to walk because the mental health component, when you are so hard on yourself day in, day out, the mental health component can get on top of elite athletes. And you know, I know we, we sort of always, you know, discuss that side of things, mate, the mental health component, checking in with yourself and making sure that you're, managing the, the the stresses and pressures of being an AFL footballer and you know what would you say from a mental health uh you know point of view anything that you learned this season to to be mindful of next season or or what's your take on the mental health component yeah it's an interesting um topic and I think it's definitely more prevalent um in our sport today than it was um was definitely more spoken about and um there's more I guess, education around it and, um, I guess, value put on mental health, which is great. Um, I, pr I probably think the, the number one thing that I've learned and um, that I always have to, that I'm quite big on is um, whatever I do on the football field and whatever, that doesn't um, determine what type of person I am. And um, I might play good, I might play bad, but that doesn't change. I'm just, I'm still Harry and, and I'm still a person. and um, although it's hard to kind of detach sometimes um, the ability to still um, have value as my, as a person from doing other things, not just football um, is probably really important for mental health. So um, yeah, as I said, you're a person first and a, and a professional sports person second. So um, the ability to detach that 
um, is super important and something that I always try and do still. Um, and that's why, I guess, being around good mates and family and stuff, they, they bring you back to earth pretty quick, Jamie. So, um, yeah. but what I love and, um, yeah, playing, I'm a bit my housemates have been really good this year. You walk in thinking you played pretty well and, um, you know, they, they just talk rubbish about something else or um, even if you played a bad game, it would be, you know, um, you're still, you're still hurry to them. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's really important and that's probably definitely something I'll continue to focus on and put a high importance on going forward. Oh, I think that's, you know, just that little bit of advice around you being first and foremost a person, um, and then secondly, an athlete, it's really, really a great lesson for a lot of young athletes, especially because it's so easy to get caught up in your athletic identity and have that drive a lot of your relationship with self and self-worth. So, mate, that's, um, that's fantastic. Jamie, I think that's why golf's such a great game for, you know, the athletes that come to golf and find golf because it sort of trains them in that world of I'm not perfect in sport, you know, like I'm just here, I just want to be me. Uh, I just want to play some golf and I don't want to talk about footy, football, soccer or whatever. And I understand that uh, I'm going to shoot 87 or 95 and just enjoy it. And I think, I think that's why we find a lot of the guys that we you know, end up playing golf with uh, really enjoy it. Um, yeah. It's interesting. Just interesting concept. To, you know, I always wonder, you know, I know why I enjoy golf and I know why most golfers enjoy golf because I you know sell golf clubs to them, but I always find it interesting when, you know, talking to the likes of Harry and some of his teammates and, you know, Scott Jamison, Melbourne city, I was with him yesterday and you know, why they love golf. And it's just cause it's a, they don't have to be perfect at that particular time in, in sport or have the expectation that they would be. There you go. And I think I think golf challenges you on so many other levels as well than, mm. than, than most other sports. And, you know, Steph Curry put out a video, I think, on the PGA Tour Instagram account today about how much he, he loves golf and he, he thinks it's the most challenging sport there is. And, um, you know, it is, it's very much a personal journey. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of athletes, uh, elite athletes, you know, quite like to get out there. The environment's great, but, but it's a different kind of challenge that they can... Uh, they can take from it so um so h 2022 mate what um uh goals expectations what um what is your sort of you know i suppose focus point mentally and, and things like that in preparation for next year yeah i guess at the moment um for me I, i'm not too big on looking too far ahead obviously um you want to have a, a few little things in place and um, you have fleeting moments of, of thinking about um, what would be good to get out of that year. But for me at the moment, I'm, I'm purely focused on um, just being healthy, getting my body um, really good and, and just being able to train. So um, I've learned over my years that this period now um, sets yourself up massively for, for 2022. And um, yeah, I feel really grateful and um, happy that I'm, I'm healthy at the moment, touch wood. And um, that I can I can build on my my game and my fitness and be out there with my teammates at the moment. It's really it's a great feeling to be able to train and be healthy and um, set yourself up for a year for the big year. So um, that's my that's my main focus at the moment. Um, and then also sounds a bit cliche, but just um, more probably the team side of things because we've um, we've had a new new change in coach, a lot of new coaches there, a lot of new staff, um, new game plan, everything's new. So um, yeah, kind of getting on top of all of that and, and helping, um, I guess, the kind of the new regime come in and um, helping guys with that and uh, making sure I'm all over that. So that's been really enjoyable. It's been refreshing. And, um, yeah, I think 
um, as a team, from a team point of view, um, we've got a really good opportunity next year to um, to hopefully play some some really good football and um, yeah, make a fair step from last year. So um, yeah, and I think personally, just building on on the year that was and um, trying to be more consistent and um, yeah, I know we spoke about um, a year doesn't be defined by a medal or an award or, or whatnot and. Um, I know I bring it back to it a bit, but just literally just trying to be a better footballer and person and leader than I was um, last year. So whether that comes with an award or not, it doesn't really matter to me. So, um, yeah, I'm just looking to get better. And if it's 1%, 10% in a few different areas, um, that's great. So um, I know it sounds a bit cliche, gentlemen, but, um, yeah, it's just about trying to get better. Well, I think it would be certainly remiss of us, uh, Roscoe, to certainly, uh, as we so close this episode, not to ask the very important question um, that your brother would love the answer to. Um, next season, when it comes to uh, the Blues versus the Kangaroos, um, and you'll uh, probably pick the play on your brother, what's going to happen, mate? Where are you? Uh, he asked me, you know, where are you going to disappear to, was his question. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good question. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so I, the fixture just came out actually, and I think someone said it was around six or seven um, against North Melbourne on a Saturday night. So I feel like that could be the night because um, the last couple of years has been COVID affected, and one of them was meant to be in, in Queensland, and um, this one would have been in front of an last this year would have been in front of an empty crowd on a Sunday or something. So I feel like it's a bit more set up, Roscoe, this year, but um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it'd be it's going to be an interesting day whenever it happens. Um, it's amazing to think it hasn't happened. Like it's, it, you know, been playing with it against each other, you know, for six years, five years, or whatever, and uh, it's just never happened. Anyway, I think, cool. I think Ben will be. In, if I kick one or two early, Ben is in trouble. That's, that's my, um, that's my point of view. I think if, uh, if I go on top of him early, he, he might, uh, he might struggle. But um, in theory, we match up pretty well against each other, so it should be pretty even. But and, and just to explain that, so for the listeners that don't follow AFL footy, because we've got a number of listeners in in the UK and and USA and whatever, so Harry's twin brother plays in the defensive position, and Harry plays in an offensive position. So he's down forward kicking the goals, and his twin brother will be defending the goals. So they'll be playing on each other, and uh, we're all waiting to see it. There you go. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be a certainly a fun highlight for me next year. I, I hope I'm in Australia. If not, I'll be waking up at whatever time it is anywhere in the world I'll be in. And uh, I'm hoping it's, I'm in Australia where I can sit and, and, and have a nice cold beer and, uh, and just appreciate you two boys going at one another. I was thinking, Jamie, that week of, I'm sure we'll probably be like doing a session with you and just be funny <laughs> to, to be a fly on the wall to see the different perspective of what you're saying to Ben compared to what you're saying to me. Um, that would be quite, be quite interesting in your shoes, but... Uh, yeah, a, I think everyone's looking forward. Couldn't you get a two for one that week or something like that? Can you? Yeah, I do. I think the conflict of interest might be um, might be uh, high on the charts that week. But uh, uh, no, look, it, it'll be fun, and I, I hope I'm in town, and I hope I can get to the game. It would be uh, it would be fantastic to watch. But um, mate, thank you so much for joining us. Um, great to hear, you know, that the preseason's going well, the injuries, you know, coming along well, and that. Um, you know, the new team environment's uh, going really well as well with the new coaching staff in there. And, um, mate, I, uh, I wish you all the best for Christmas. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure working with you this year and, um, you know, excited to continue to see your growth and uh, you're yeah, looking forward to a, a great 2022 and beyond. 
Thanks, Jamie. Much appreciated, mate. I've, I've loved our time together as well. And um, yeah, I'm sure it's one year of many to come. So thanks again for, for all your help and hope you have a great Christmas, mate. Um, and Roscoe as well. Thanks for your time, mate. And um, I'll have to pop in in the new year. And as I mentioned, um, have a bit of a hit. Should be good fun. Mate, please do. Thanks for joining us, Harry. It's uh, been a pleasure to catch up with you and thank you everyone for listening. If you want to check out more, jump over to uh, mentalmastery.com.au. You can see all of the, uh, the membership uh, community that we built there. You can have a look at uh, the membership options. You can see the podcast. You can get the podcast here over there and uh, all of that sort of fun stuff. Jamie, enjoy your break. Roscoe, thank you. I will. I hope to see you when I get down to Melbourne and um, don't work too hard. I know it's a very busy, busy, silly season for you coming up, but uh, mate, really appreciate everything you've done for the podcast and the clubhouse this year and uh, we'll look forward to another great year in 2022. Onwards and upwards. Thank you very much and uh, we'll see you next time on the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast. Happy Christmas and uh, thanks for your support in 2021. See ya. Thanks for joining us on the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast. It's been a pleasure to have you. If you want to bridge the gap between potential and performance and start to build your own unbreakable mental game today, join us over at mentalmastery.com.au at the Mental Mastery Clubhouse where we would love to connect with you and see you on the inside of the clubhouse where we can continue the mental performance journey. It's been a pleasure having you. See you next time.